0: Some relationships are easier to forgive than others. I think over times in my life when I've been really hurt by people and I almost didn't want to forgive them. I wanted to hold on to the anger because it was almost like if I forgave them, it was letting them off the hook and they deserved to be punished for whatever it was that they did. But then I look at it in terms of my children. And if one of my children does something that drives a wedge between us, I, as the parent, long for reconciliation with them and will start the conversation and will pursue them. And I think sometimes we forget that that's how God is, that forgiveness and reconciliation and confession is not from a place of anger where God wants to be angry with us. Instead, it's from this position of a father where he longs and pursues us because of reconciliation. That's that's why he sent Jesus. So we're going to talk about that and more today. Stay tuned. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Did you know that we had a Facebook group? I bet you didn't know that. It's called the Christian Women's Daily Bible Study Group, and on there we just use that as a place for asking questions or sharing what God's doing or asking for accountability and it's a really good place to stay connected with each other in this age where we are just feeling like this lack of community. I really want that to be a place where you can learn and grow from each other as well as talk about things that we're talking about on the podcast. So we have that opportunity for you and then we also have an opportunity for you to stay plugged in through the email list. And so if you're not on the email list, you can go to shehears.org and you can sign up there. I hope you will become part of that community. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're continuing our conversation about the spiritual discipline of confession and of course, with confession comes forgiveness and reconciliation. And and we talk about this in terms of a spiritual discipline because I think it's something that doesn't really come natural for us. And of course, there are some people this does come naturally for, but I am not one of them. It is definitely a muscle I have to exercise. And so the goal this week is to really unpack that a little bit and help us to look at some different aspects of confession and forgiveness and maybe challenge some of the thoughts and feelings and opinions that we've had. You know, forgiveness, I think, like I mentioned in the opener, is sometimes hard, depending on the relationship with the person, because there's almost this tendency to want to hold on to the anger and want to hold on to um, the division in the relationship, depending on who wounded you or, or what the sin was. But Today, what I want to do is I want to look at that through the lens of a parent. And and I say that because I have three kids, many of you know, and um, a lot of you are moms. And if one of my children does something to drive a wedge between the two of us, I, as the parent, always want to pursue them and reconcile that. So that's the lens I want you to look through. And I want you to also kind of understand, we're going to read some scripture here in a minute, that forgiveness is not, pretending that the relationship is the same as it was before the, fence, the offense. It's, it's really not. The relationship won't be the same. And we need to make peace with that. Now, by God's grace, it could be better, but it's not going to be the same because there's a level of relationship that grows as you work through things like forgiveness and reconciliation together. So today we're going to be reading about this from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. And this is probably a familiar passage for you. It is a parable that, and a parable is a story Jesus taught in story form a lot, but it's a parable of confession. So it's the parable of the lost son. Starting in verse 11, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I love that. And I used to read that in terms of seeing myself as the older brother Um, and I don't know if you've ever done that before I used to really think that this was a parable about of course the lost son coming home but then I would see it and teach it and and hear about it in terms of the older brother and the seeds of bitterness and resentment Um, but instead now I think about it in terms of the father and how this story reveals the heart and the nature and the character of the father And I'll tell you, it reminds me of a time when my daughter was young. Um, She was probably about eight. And I had a really special ring. It was a real pearl ring. And back in the day, I think it was like Kmart or something. They had a jewelry counter. And my grandmother had bought it for me when I was a young girl. Um, I was probably like six or seven at the time. And we did not very often have money for fancy things. And so this was an adjustable pearl ring. And, of course, it was probably like, you know, maybe 40 bucks or something. It wasn't precious by any means. But it was adjustable so you can move it as you grew, you know, within reason, and you could adjust it, and so my daughter found it in one of my jewelry boxes, and she said, oh, mom, can I wear this, and I said, well, I will let you wear it to church on Sunday, but I don't want you to wear it to school on Sunday, because it's special to me, Nana gave it to me when I was a little girl about your age, and she said, okay, and you know, I didn't think much of it, because my daughter was typically a pretty good kid, and a couple weeks went by, and I found my daughter sitting on the floor of her room, just crying crying, crying, crying. And I said, what's, what's wrong? Like, honey, what, why, what, what's going on? And she said, mom, you're going to kill me. And I said, well, I'm certainly not going to kill you. I love you. And she said, I lost your ring. And I said, what do you mean you lost, lost my ring? She said, your ring from Nana, I lost it. I wanted to wear it so badly and you told me no. And so I wore it to school and I was going to hide it. Before or put it back before you noticed, and I was sitting on the couch. And when I was sitting on the couch, I put my hand down in the crack, and the ring came off, and it got it got stuck in the crack of the couch. And I said, "Okay," and she said, "But that's not the worst part." She said, "The worst part is, is I watched you vacuum the couch the other day, and you took the vacuum, and you know the stick part, and you you vacuumed up all the cracks." and the ring is gone. And then she said, she cried some more, and she said, and that's not the worst part. I watched you empty the vacuum and take the garbage out, and the garbage truck just left. And I'm not gonna lie, I was mad. I was, I was pretty upset, because had she confessed that story earlier at any point uh, before right at that moment, I could have got the ring back. I mean, I could have... I wouldn't have been pretty. I would have had to dig through the garbage or dig through the couch or whatever it was. But the garbage had not gone out yet. And at that point, when she told me it was too late. And I was angry with her. I certainly was angry with her. And I had to separate myself from her for a little bit. And she you know, was sobbing in her room and I honestly went to my room and I, I wept a little bit because it was a very special, you know, that not that it was incredibly valuable, but it was a special ring to me because my grandmother has since passed. And so it was just something special from childhood. I had a lot of, you know, sentimental value. And, you know, I spent the a, a certain amount of time uh, weeping and being upset and angry. And then I went to find her and she was laying on her bed, miserable. And as I went to find her, I laid down next to her in her bed and I held her and she just wept. And she said, Mommy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I realized that the punishment um, for her was really the turmoil that she had been in um, from, from the moment that she lost it until the moment that she confessed there was a distance between her and I that had never, I don't think, had been there before. At least not in that same way. And that distance was punishment for her enough. And she had punished herself a, a lot. And so I explained to her how proud I was of her for confessing. And we spent some time talking about how a confession earlier would have done a lot less damage. And I, I say all of that to say... I, I, My heart for my daughter is always going to be reconciliation, no matter what she does, no matter how bad the offense, my heart would always be reconciliation. But there is a consequence to not confessing in our relationship with others and our relationship with God. And so when we are knowingly in the wrong, whether it's with another person or or in a relationship with the Lord, there's a damage and and collateral damage that's done when we wait to confess. And whether we see it, whether we understand it or not, it's there. And so confession and then, of course, forgiveness, it reconciles us in a way that the relationship certainly is different. Um, Now, we certainly have a, a close relationship. This was years ago, and she still remembers How that felt Um, and honestly that that feeling has kept her from being dishonest with me And if anything has happened, she's confessed it quickly Um, So it was a very valuable lesson Um, But the relationship is not 100% the same. I mean the reality is is that ring is gone There's something special to me that that is gone and I am not god I am human and so this side of heaven that that is probably going to be something that is still a little bit of an ache for me but As far as my relationship with my daughter goes, I do think it is better because that hiddenness that the enemy would have wanted is not there anymore because she understands and recognizes that there's a consequence to that hiddenness and and to hiding that sin. And so I want to bring your attention back to this this parable that we read. Um, The father was waiting and welcoming with open arms. It says in verse 20, Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, he embraced him, and he kissed him. And then, you know, they celebrated once they were reconciled, there was a party. The heart of the father is always going to be to reconcile. The heart of the father is always going to be filled with love and compassion. And the heart of the father is always going to pursue So, friend, if you are in a place where you are holding on to some unconfessed sin, whether it is towards another person or is towards God himself, I want you to know that he longs to embrace you and to reconcile with you so that you can heal in your relationship from that. Let's pray. God, thank you for this example of the way that you love us, that you are filled with with love and compassion, and that you pursue us, you embrace us, and you love us in a way that we sometimes can't even understand. Lord, I pray as we think through this idea of confession and forgiveness, God, help us to recognize that um, it's ultimately about you. It's about our relationship with you. It's about our ability to be in unity with you and to hear your voice, God. Convict us where we need convicted, And help us to be obedient to step into that calling to confess or to forgive if we need to forgive somebody else. God, um, we recognize that the relationship might not be the same and help us understand that we're not giving anything up. We're not relinquishing consequence in the forgiveness process other than, the consequence of being separated from you. So God, I pray for strength to do the things that you've called us to do. And I thank you that you empower us every single day and you equip us to do the things you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. Don't worry, I will be writing more studies. But in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of Scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version Book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the Scripture from... The, the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the Colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small, you can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four Gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival, and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels, and that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather-bound and What I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me, my Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible Study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. <laughs>